Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, you're listening to Luke's English Podcast. This is a podcast and it's made by someone called Luke. That's me. And you're listening to it. And it's about English. So that's why I said that you're listening to Luke's English Podcast. I expect you're listening to it. Um, that's normally what you do with a podcast. You kind of listen to it. You Maybe um, you would download it as well. You might have uploaded it onto your um, iPhone or iPad or other MP3 device. There are plenty of other MP3 uh, devices out there. It's not just Apple products, despite what you might have led, been led to believe. There's loads of them. You've got like ones made by Sony and, and Panasonic and other Japanese companies, not to mention all the other companies from different places in the world. Right now, in this episode, um, I've, I've kind of set myself a stupid random challenge. And that is, I'm going to see if I can just keep talking um, for about 45 minutes. I haven't planned anything. I haven't written anything down. I've got no preparation at all. I'm just going to see if I can just ramble on about not very much for at least 45 minutes. Now, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that um, at the beginning of each episode, there's often about 10 minutes of me just sort of talking in a slightly um, self-indulgent way, just talking about stuff for about 10 minutes before you actually get to the real content. Now, if you don't like that part of the podcast, if you think that's boring and you kind of skip through it, then you're probably not going to enjoy this one because I haven't written any vocabulary notes. I've got no phrasal verbs. I've got no uh, idioms or anything. I've got no no useful expressions written down, which I'm going to teach you. I'm just going to keep talking. Um, why am I doing this? I don't know. I just actually um, just decided to do it this evening. And uh, maybe it's because I just like the sound of my own voice. That could be it. Um, you know... Yeah, maybe that's it. That's a bit. It would be sad if that's the only reason I'm doing it. Because if I like, if I just like the sound of my own voice, that means I'm a bit egotistical. Um, but maybe that's the reason. I don't know. Another reason is that um, I want to do a podcast tonight, but um, I just can't really be bothered to prepare something. Because when I do one of these, usually I. Um, I kind of sit down. I have I have to think of an, uh, lots of ideas, and I I choose a topic or choose an idea, and I think right, I'm going to do a podcast about that, and then I have to plan it and prepare it. So, if I've chosen the subject, let's say for example, uh, the human body, right? The human body. That's actually an idea I had on the bus today. I thought, hey, the human body, that would be an interesting idea for an episode. So what I would then do is think, right, okay, the human body is a subject, right? So what am I going to do? Like body parts, parts of the body. I could do that. I could teach you all the different body parts. But actually, that's not really very useful, not very easy 
when it's just audio because really the best way of teaching you different parts of the body would be to kind of show you different parts of the body on a picture or something like that i can't really do that with um, an audio podcast like this so i thought hey i know i could do sort of maybe the ver- different verbs that you use um, when describing what different parts of your body do you know that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? That would be a really good, really useful podcast. Well, sorry, no, that's not what you're going to get with this one. You're just going to get lots of random nonsense that uh, probably doesn't really help you. Um, unless, of course, you think, well, just listening to someone just talking constantly like this without really planning anything, just really naturally just speaking. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe this isn't very natural. When do when do you ever just talk for forty five minutes? Not very often. But anyway, maybe just listening to someone just trying to to create some continuous like discourse. You know, just just producing a continuous flow of spoken discourse that might be for some somehow useful. Maybe if you're one of those clever learners of English, you'll be able to just sort of pick up bits of vocabulary or pick up expressions that I use to, to kind of construct this uh, continuous flow of speech. And, you know, if, if you're clever as a learner of English, you'll be able to notice little bits of language that I'm using to give structure to what I'm saying, to link things and so on. Um, that's what good learners of English do, right? You kind of notice bits of language and pick them up and start using them yourselves. So really, I suppose in this episode, I'm leaving it up to you. It's up to you to do the kind of language work. Um, I'm just presenting you with 45 minutes of kind of natural British English. And um, it's up to you to start noticing structures, noticing bits of language and uh, picking them up. Right. So consider this to be a sample, a 45 minute sample of unbroken spoken English which you can just analyze as much as you like um, I'm not going to do any of that an- analysis work tonight just because I you know I don't want to sit there for two or three hours this evening writing down expressions and writing down examples and definitions and then recording it and then uploading it it could take me kind of four hours or something to do it and I, you know I've got stuff to do this evening I've got, I've got to do my laundry I've got to do, I've got to cook for myself and eat. Um, You know, I have to eat, you know, like at least three times a day. And I need to drink water. You know, those are the basic things that I have to do just to survive. I don't necessarily have lots of time to sit down and prepare and record a podcast. Um, I'd imagine that I I expect that some people listening to this are going to be really bored and frustrated with this uh, podcast just because there's no real content. It's just me talking in a very self-indulgent way. But who cares, right? If you're you're that kind of person, just, you know, stop listening, really. Um, But if, on the other hand, you're one of those fabulous learners of English who's able to just tune in mentally to uh, some you know, spoken English, you might be able to pick up some really useful things and just generally practice your listening. I think it's probably a good, very good idea. (laughs) Okay. Right. So, um, what am I going to talk about? Well, you know, I'm just basically going to ramble stupid stuff to, you know, for 45 minutes, like I've said, just to see if I can do it. It's just a challenge really. 
It's just a personal challenge. Can I just keep talking without stopping for 45 minutes and hopefully keep it interesting? It could be difficult, particularly the kind of keeping it interesting bit. I think that might be a bit of a challenge. I think I could probably keep talking for for ages, but whether or not it would be interesting, that's another question. We will see. We will see at the end. You can decide whether it was interesting or not. I imagine... Uh, if you just decide to stop listening, you'll think, oh, well, that wasn't interesting. That was just stupid and, you know, a waste of a waste of time, waste of effort. But, uh, you know, maybe not. I, I kind of am repeating myself here. I expect that will be a general theme of this episode, kind of me just making the same points over and over and over again. Um, so, yeah, um, I, th- I think that in almost every episode of Luke's English Podcast, almost every episode, I teach you something. There's usually some vocabulary or something like that. Um, so, you know, you can just go back over those old ones and there's loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of language that you could get from that. This one... It's not one of those episodes. It's just a kind of rambling stream of consciousness, let's say. Um, No preparation at all. Um, So it's just, you know, it's just as it occurs to me, as it it were. Now, what I might do is when I finish doing all this talking, I might listen back to it again and just write down some expressions that I've used and then just put them on the podcast. And that way you can kind of read the expressions, look at them, think about how they're used, listen to me using them, and that will help you to kind of pick them up and so on. Um, yeah, so let's see. Sitting here in my, at my desk, I've I recently bought a desk for my living room, and it's revolutionized this room. Because now, finally, I actually have a place where I can sit like a civilized person. I'm not just sitting on a sofa like some kind of couch potato. I've actually got a desk where I can sit upright. I can, it's good for my back. You know, because if sitting on the sofa recording a podcast or sitting on the sofa uh, whenever I use the computer, I'm always like hunched over, you know, with my back bent. It's like a very uncomfortable position and I get pains in my neck. You know, I get like aches and pains uh, in my spine from sitting in uncomfortable positions using the computer. So finally, I thought, right, that's enough. I've had enough of all this leaning over. I'm going to get a desk. So I bought a tiny little desk from Argos. Now, Argos is one of those um, shops, like a high street shop. But um, it's very clever, really, Argos, because you go in there and instead of seeing all the stuff on the shelves and having to walk around the shop, instead, they've just got a massive catalogue, right? And it's like the Bible, really. I mean, if you're into shopping, then the Argos catalogue is basically like the Bible for some for a materialistic person. And you can just flick through the Bible and they've got, they've got everything in this catalogue. Just everything. Well, you know, within reason, not, not absolutely everything. I mean, they haven't got, for example, an eight-legged pink flying elephant, you know. I, I don't think so anyway. I mean, I haven't checked the index for an eight-legged pink flying elephant recently they might have started doing that i don't know but they don't have absolutely everything they've just got pretty much everything you need for your life so if you're going to go camping you can get all your camping equipment if you're going to go to university you can get all your dictionaries and your pens and paper and stuff like that if you play computer games you can get the playstation 3 and all the latest games and controllers and stuff 
you get the idea, don't you? I think you can get pretty much everything there, including uh, furniture. So I thought, right, I'll just go to Argos. Let's keep it simple. I don't want some complicated, drawn-out shopping experience where I have to walk around the the you know lots of floors on a department store somewhere trying to find the perfect desk. I don't have time. I can't be bothered to do that. So instead, I've I've just realised actually that um, when I'm recording this. There might be people outside because I live in a block of flats. There might be people outside waiting for the lift who can hear me speaking because I do speak quite loud when I'm recording this. And they're probably listening to me thinking, God, the, the guy who lives in that flat is a real weirdo just talking to himself. Maybe this is very strange behavior. I don't know. Maybe maybe this means I'm a bit crazy. Who cares? I don't really care what other people think that much, to be honest. So screw them. I don't care about them. Anyway, where where was I? I was talking about the Argos experience. So I thought, keep it simple. I'm just going to go to Argos and get like a really cheap desk. This desk here, it cost me about um, £30. £30, it's cheap. And um, so I had to build it myself. You know, you have, again, one of the clever things about Argos is they just kind of give you the furniture, but it's in a pack and you have to take it home and build it yourself. I guess that's one of the reasons why it's cheaper. If if it was already made, then it would be more expensive, right? Um, so you go in, you choose the thing you want from the catalogue, you mark it, you mark it down on a piece of paper. You take that to the the cash register, and there's usually a per, you know there's a person on the cash register, usually some sort of miserable um, person like sales assistant who all day they just stand there at this counter just taking money from people. I mean, it must be so boring. I mean, I did work in a shop actually for a year doing just that, just after university. I didn't know what to do. So I just worked in a shop for a year and I just stood there. I became like a robot. It's like, hello, next customer, please. Hello, sir. Did you find everything you were looking for? Thank you. That's nine ninety nine, please. Thank you. Would you like the receipt in the bag? Thanks very much. Next customer, please. You know, that kind of thing. It's just that for nine hours a day, every day for a year starts to rot your brain. So understandably, the people who serve you... Whoops, I've just pulled the headphones out. Oh dear, it's all going wrong. I'm having technical difficulties. Oh dear, okay, right, we're back in business. So the people who work in these places, they're not exactly the most sort of motivated, enthusiastic people in the world. So they take your money, they give you a piece of paper, and they say um, something like... Please go to collection point 3B. It should be ready in about 15 minutes. Thank you. Next customer, please. And so you go to collection point 3B. And it's all a bit mysterious, like a bit of a mysterious process that you have to go through. You kind of stand there with a code number. And you go up to the counter and you say, I'm three. Is this collection point 3B? I'm customer 3N709. I think you have a package for me. And hopefully then they, they will find the package in the in the storeroom and bring it out for you. It's, there Actually, there is a sort of strange pleasure, a strange joy in being given the, your, your purchase in a box over a counter. It feels like a sort of secret transaction, like you're some kind of um, secret agent. You kind of give them a code number and they give you a kind of brown box and you, you don't even need to say anything to each other. You just take the box and disappear. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's pretty uh, pretty fun, you know, in its, in its own unique way. 
And that's it. So I got this desk, and that's cool, isn't it? Yeah, that is brilliant, really. Um, on my desk here, I've got my phone. It's a BlackBerry. Now, I recently got this BlackBerry. I used to be an iPhone user. Now, we all know how brilliant the iPhone is. It's amazing. Oh, God, have you checked out my iPhone? Oh, it's so good. I didn't realise how great it was. You know, it's absolutely fantastic. That's what people say. It's like the, the iPhone conversation, which everyone has to have at some point. You've probably had the iPhone conversation yourself. That's the one where you, you kind of see a friend of yours who's recently got an iPhone. And they say, oh, it's brilliant. Oh, I absolutely love it. You know, it's just so intuitive. It really is. The design of it's so intuitive. It is brilliant and, and very intuitive and user-friendly. It also happens to be extremely expensive, the iPhone. I mean, God, they Apple are clever. They make brilliant technology. And then they charge you an absolute fortune for the privilege to use it. So I thought, right, I've had enough of this. I can't afford to use the iPhone anymore. I'm going to downgrade and I'm going to go for a BlackBerry. So I've got this BlackBerry Bold and it's, you know what, it's absolutely fine. When I first started using it, to be honest, I was a bit shocked. I thought, hold on a minute, what are these buttons? These are actual physical buttons that I have to press on the front of the phone? What is, what's that? And, uh, you know, that was like going back sort of five or six years, actually having to press down buttons with my finger. That's like wasting energy pressing buttons. I don't want to press buttons. I want to touch smooth glass and have it respond. I want to, I want to feel like I'm living in the future when I'm using a telephone. But then I thought, actually, no, despite having to physically press down buttons, this BlackBerry thing, it's not that bad. It's all right. It does basically what an, an iPhone will do. And it's, it's fine. And, and I love it now. I'm, as much as you can love a phone. I mean, it's a pretty weird relationship that we have with our mobile phones, isn't it? I mean, say 20 years ago, 15 years ago, no one had mobile phones. And now, nowadays, they're like these essential things that we have to have in our lives, you know, and if you lose it, it's, it's like game over, isn't it? It's a total disaster if you lose your mobile. Actually, when I when I stopped using my iPhone and I moved to the BlackBerry, I, it took me about a week to get used to using the BlackBerry, right? And in that week, like particularly the first day when I, when I realized that the BlackBerry wasn't quite as perfect as the iPhone, then I kind of thought, um, you know, I was actually emotionally upset. You know, losing the, I've, losing the iPhone was a bit like, you know, losing a pet. You know, like if you have a dog that you love, and the dog dies, you actually feel upset. You feel like crying, you know, because you've lost this thing that you love so much. That's a bit like how I felt when I stopped using the iPhone. I felt like I'd, I felt like I'd lost something important, deeply important to my soul. And I felt like crying, you know, I was upset. I was depressed. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was unhappy as a result of losing this iPhone. Um, it's, which is crazy, you know, it's totally mad. It's just a piece of technology that we, that provides just a basic function, which is the, the ability to basically just message your friends. You can do it on any old phone. It doesn't have to be an iPhone. I think it's, I think we're, we're really kind of, um, we've, we've been really like suckered by technology, particularly the high end technology like the iPad. I mean, the iPad is fantastic, but it's a luxury. 
It really is. And it's an absolute luxury. No one really needs an iPad. That's just a luxury. And the same goes for the um, Amazon Kindle, which is that um, thing that looks a bit like an iPad, but it just lets you read books. And you can store like 100 books on it. Um, The Kindle. Now, no one really needs that, do they? I mean, I know, fair enough, like, oh, yeah, you can store like 100 books in it. But whoever needs to carry around 100 books? may Okay, maybe, maybe if you're a student and you need, like, to carry books around so you can study from those books. But I don't reckon any students who've got Amazon Kindles uh, have got all of their study materials in the Kindle. No, of course they haven't. What What most Kindle users do is they fill the Kindle up with a bunch of books that they feel like they should read and probably loads of books they've already read. I bet half the people who've got Kindles, they get the Kindle and they think, right, well, I better put some books on it. And then they just fill it up with books that they've already read. What's the point of that? It's stupid. You only need one book at a time. And anyway, if you've got the Kindle, if you've got a book that you're reading, you can kind of do anything with it. One of the fun things about having a book is that you can kind of bend it in your hands. I quite like it when I when I finish a book, the book is like really sort of soiled. It's almost like it's been, uh, it's gone on like an adventure with me, that book. And it's it doesn't look the same as when it was new. I mean, it's, it's an absolute pleasure getting a new book. It's like perfect. It's been untouched by a human hand almost. It's clean. It smells beautiful. There's nothing like the smell of a new book. It's just, it's fantastic. Maybe I'm kind of, maybe I've got like a weird fetish about the way new books smell, but I know I'm not the only one. I'm sure that there are hundreds of you out there who who love that smell of a new book. You know, you open the book, mm, the the smell of the clean pages, the the fresh print on those pages. It's a fantastic thing. Then you start reading it, and you're reading it in lots of different positions on the bus, on the train. Um, you kind of carry it. It maybe gets a bit wet in the rain or you might spill coffee on it. I've actually killed insects with books before. I've been like sitting there reading and there's a fly or mosquito buzzing around me. And the book is the perfect way to kill it and just, you know, bang, you just get it with a book. And then there's the dead insect in the pages somewhere too. I think I've I've actually bled um, onto books as well in the past. So like spilt blood, all sorts of bodily fluids. I've sneezed on books before. And it all contributes to the sort of character of that book when you've finished with it. I like the idea that when you're halfway through a book, the bits of the, the pages that you've read are a little bit stained with you know, just the marks from your fingers. You can see it on the side of the book. It's like slightly, the the pages have a little stain on the ones that you've read and the ones you haven't read are fresh. They haven't been touched yet. I quite like that. The fact that the book gets slightly damaged and develops a character, a physical character as you read it and it gets creased and folded and so on. I like that about having a book. It's like a physical relationship you have with it. Yeah, yeah, physical relationship you have with a book. Not that kind of physical relationship, no, but you know what I mean. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But with a Kindle, it's just like a plastic thing that you have to be really careful with. Because you've spent like 150 pounds on this thing. You can't drop it. You can't fold it. If you do, it's going to break, and then that's it—150 pounds down the toilet. Um, so, and and I hate this idea of taking an Amazon Kindle to the beach or an iPad to the beach. That's like the worst thing you can do with a bit of high technology is introduce it to some sand or maybe some salty water. Forget about it; it's a ridiculous idea. But we all know that introducing sand to a book—you know, when you've got a book on the beach. It's just, again, just giving it that extra bit of physical character that it's been in contact with sand or wind or something. It's it's brilliant. There's nothing like having a really good book with you on holiday and the book kind of changes as you read it on that holiday. Yeah, we all know that's true. So the Kindle and the iPad for me, they're luxuries. I'm not saying I, I don't want an iPad. I would love an iPad. Don't get me wrong. I would absolutely love one. But I know that it's a luxury, something I don't really need. I mean, just give me a pad. Just give me a normal pad. I've got a brain. I've got an imagination. I've got fingers. I can easily get a pen. There's a pen here, in fact. I've got a pen with me now. Just give me a normal pad with paper on it and a pen and my imagination. I'll come up with some entertaining stuff for myself if I have to. I mean, the human race survived for thousands of years without iPads. I think we could probably be all right without without them in the future. It's a luxury. But, you know, I would love one, to be honest. I think they, they, are, they are amazing. I wonder what, what's going to happen, actually. What is going to happen with the future of technology? The iPad is just like the first step in a new direction, really. And that new direction is that we can just sort of have the internet with us at all times. And now you can use the iPad to do things like you see people walking through the streets of London with their iPad. You know, we used to see tourists with maps, you know, like folding maps and walking around with a map in front of them. And now they've just got this iPad. It's like a sat nav, you know, satellite navigation. They can just walk around the town with the iPad in their hands and it tells them where to go and what to do. And it won't be long. I, I guarantee it won't be long before Google Map. Um, becomes super advanced because if you've played around with Google Maps, you'll know that you also have Google Street View 
And Google Street View is amazing because you can go onto Google Map and if you click on the right button, you can actually be transported onto the street that you're looking at. So you can go to New York, you can go to Manhattan on Google Maps and you can walk down the street. It's incredible. Um, And you can see pictures, you can zoom in and zoom out. And you can walk down almost every street in in like major cities like New York or London or Paris or Tokyo. It's absolutely amazing. And as well as that, interesting places like restaurants or museums or historical uh, places of interest are actually highlighted on um, on the screen on the picture. So you can kind of click on that picture and it'll give you information about that place. Maybe it's a restaurant review, the menu for that restaurant, the telephone number you can use to actually call the restaurant in order to book a table there. You can kind of like do everything on the internet. I reckon that eventually Google Street View will will be live. It'll actually be live. So it won't just be one picture, but it will be rolling video. I mean, I wonder if that's possible with satellites even now. You can just have... Like everything, you could look at everything from satellites using video and just see real time live what's happening. I reckon that's going to happen soon, that we'll be able to use Google to just observe um, many parts of the world just as they're happening live. That's going to be amazing. But the other thing, and I saw a TV program about this once, is that eventually, I mean, we we already carry around very high quality, um, like high technology computers with us these are our iphones and stuff eventually they'll become so good and so fast at processing that um we'll just be able to do all sorts of things just um, without any time delay at all and um if you can imagine right combining a pair of sunglasses with uh, the screen on your iphone and this is like an amazing iphone like a the iphone 19 or something you know combining your sunglasses with uh, or maybe even contact lenses with um, your iPhone. So you'll be able to put the sunglasses on and there's across whatever you're looking at in the real world, you've also got the internet version of that. So you can look around, uh, look around the, the street and um, the eye, you'll get little arrows uh, that will pop up in your vision on the sunglasses. Whenever you look at something, you, suddenly you get a window from wikipedia or something that will tell you information about it and um all you need to do is like maybe i don't know you might have a little pad on your hand and you just click the buttons and it will allow you to make telephone calls to that place or or whatever find information out about it people will be walking down the street past you you'll be able to look at a person and immediately get access to like their facebook profile just by looking at them and then you could click on that person and and uh, um, add them as a friend or just find out various bits of information about them i mean you can almost do this already using bluetooth technology um you know if you've got something like a nintendo ds uh, a nintendo 3ds um, handheld computer um, device then you can actually use bluetooth to find people like let's say on the same bus as you who also have a, a nintendo ds and you can challenge them to a game of like Street Fighter 2 um, on, on the bus and just a random person, you know, and you can just have a game with them. Um, this Eventually, all of this stuff is going to come together. So we'll be able to just walk around and look at things and the Internet will be like put, you know, stretched over everything like a, like a net. And um, 
like an internet. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll just be able to like, you know, um, use the, the directions that you get on Google Maps. Instead, you'll just have like an arrow in front of you that you'll be able to see f- through the screen on your sunglasses. The arrow will just point you in the right direction. You know, if you want to get to the pub, like you just use the arrow and it'll point you where you're going. It's going to be amazing. It's, it's basically the matrix. Eventually, we won't be able to tell the difference between uh, the internet and the real world. They're going to combine. And who knows, eventually they might be able to implant some technology inside your head that will connect with uh, the electrical systems and, and nervous system in your brain and actually connect the internet to your brain so that you'll be able to feel and make decisions um, just by thinking about them. That That's going to be amazing. I mean, they've already got technology which allows you to um, use your TV with your thoughts. So it's they, they've something that's been developed somewhere, um, and it it's like a headset that you put on, and it has a little camera that I think that looks at your eyes, and as you're looking at the TV, you can just think about changing the channel and the channel will change. Don't ask me how they do it. I read about it today on the internet, so it must be true. Um, so it's just one example of the sort of crazy stuff that's going to happen. It will be the Matrix. That's eventually what's going to happen. And um, we'll probably be able to do everything, you know, just travel around the world, visit people, actually have a- genuine experiences while we're just sitting down on the sofa connected to the internet um it's quite a frightening thought in some ways but also quite amazing really the frightening aspect of that is that when all this technology allows so many possibilities there's the pos- there's the threat that it's going to be used for the wrong things that it could be used to exploit people um and that's already happening with things like identity theft and so on uh that people put their all of their personal information onto facebook and I believe that anything you put on Facebook becomes the, the property of Facebook, I think. I'm not sure about that. I need to check it. So, you know, you can't quote me on that. But I think that if you upload a video or a photo onto Facebook, then Facebook actually owns that video or that photo. It's not yours. And they also own all your personal information, which if unless, unless you've like um, chosen the correct uh, security settings – I think they can use that information. They can actually um, kind of send it to people. They can sell it to marketing companies and so on. So there's always that threat that your personal information will be used in a way that's not necessarily good for you. So we have to be very, very careful about the internet and about the way in which it's used um, the w- and, and the content that we put onto it. I actually worry about that quite a lot myself because really – I I publish a hell of a lot of information about myself on the internet, particularly through this podcast, because I sit here and I kind of talk about myself. I describe details, like intimate personal details about my life. You know, some of them, some of that stuff may be true, may not be true. A lot of the things I say actually are just for the benefit of, of the language learning that you're doing. But I worry, I think, is someone going to be able to use this for the wrong reasons? Well, if they try and do that, I will chase them. It, it, it'll be like that Liam Neeson movie. I think it's called Taken. And if they try and do something, I will hunt them down and I will catch them and I will make them pay. Okay, so if anyone out there is listening, 
If anyone in the world is thinking, ha, I think I'm going to use Luke's information and steal his identity and you and steal his money. Well, don't. All right, because I will come after you. I'll find you and I will get you. All right. You know what I'll do? What I'll do is I'll make you stand up. Right. And I'll, I'll grab your underpants from behind. I'll grab, grab hold of your underpants and I'll pull them really hard all the way over your head. And that will hurt your, your private parts a lot. Okay? So don't do it. Don't mess with my identity. To be honest, there's not really any point stealing my identity. Because it's... Why would you want to be me, first of all? There's not really much you can get from me. Um, I don't really have any money. Um, I'm not famous. You can't... Anyway, enough about that. I don't want to give you any ideas. But basically, it, was a way, it, it would be a waste of time stealing my identity, I can tell you. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, technology. It's amazing, but it's also quite frightening, don't you think? I wonder, uh, you know, when you look at sort of the way technology is represented in uh, movies, um, we don't trust technology, do we, really? If you see the way that we deal with it in, in movies. Um, I recently watched that film with Will Smith, um, iRobot. I don't know if it's got a different name in your country, but basically in the movie, my, my quick plot synopsis of iRobot is Will Smith is a cop in the future, right? But he's not like a cop like all the others. He's, he's a kind of like a, a, to be honest, he's like a normal guy from, from, from now, from the present day, but he just happens to be in the future. He's kind of normal. He wears a leather jacket. He wears like a, a beanie hat. He probably listens to like hip hop from the 90s or something. You know, he probably like has lots of Public Enemy um, and a Tribe Called Quest quotes in his head. He loves hip hop and soul music. He probably listens to Bob Marley. That's the kind of guy that he is in this movie. And surrounding him are all these people from the future. And of course, the future world that he lives in is a kind of... A cold, emotionless place where it's incredibly efficient because everything is done by robots, but somehow it's less human. It's colder and and more evil, quite frankly, because most of the people that he meets are, are, are probably evil, particularly the ones who work for big corporations, because we know, don't we, that big corporations are just evil, naturally evil, um, just by definition. If it's big and it's corporate and it's shiny and it's not very human and, and, and uh, yeah, that kind of thing, then it's evil, isn't it? So, and if also, if, if it's a robot and it's very high technology, that's also going to be evil too. Don't ask me why, but it will be. And of course, what we find is that Will Smith, being this normal guy, cop, investigator, is investigating a murder, but it, it, it was a suicide, actually. It turns out to be a murder, and that's right. It's a murder at a, a robot factory. And guess what? The robots in the factory, they're evil. That's right. Why they're evil, we don't know. Why, why are robots in movies evil? No one really knows, but they are, aren't they? Yeah, because we should, should be frightened and scared of technology because we don't really understand it. I mean, most people don't really understand technology. As far as I can tell, most of the IT specialists I meet, they don't understand it either. Think about it. The last time you had a serious problem with your computer, did the IT guy really know what the problem was? He didn't really. He didn't. He sort of said, well, I think it might be something to do with the server. What does that even mean? No one knows what's going on. Um, technology 
we're probably only a few years away from like the Terminator or the Matrix. That's that point in the in time where computers become so intelligent that they actually develop their own um, sense of of survival, and they think, oh right, okay, I'm a robot. And I'm actually more intelligent than people now. So obviously what I have to do is become evil and kill all the people. Kill all humans. Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. It could be that robots... I mean, why, why isn't it that robots become good? You know, the more intelligent they are, they are the more nice they are. That's, why, is, why doesn't that happen in movies? Why don't we get like robots who become super intelligent and say, Good morning, Luke. Would you like a cup of tea, Luke? You know, that would be good, wouldn't it? If if they realised that with all their super intelligence, that basically all we want, all that's good for the world is is just cups of tea and cake and stuff. That's That's the movie I want to see. I want to see a movie where Will Smith is in the future and he likes Bob Marley and he's surrounded by high technology robots and they all just sort of do nice things for him they they kind of take his dog for a walk and they make him cups of tea and they clean his car and they just do nice things to each other that would be that that's good and that's just as likely to happen as all the robots becoming evil isn't it mm, maybe it's not maybe it's not though because maybe what's going to happen is that 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 all this technology is just going to make people more open to exploitation because we know from history, don't we, from like um, the history of the world, we don't have a very good record of being nice to each other, do we? We don't. Let's face it. Maybe in the last few years we've been all right, but for, for, for hundreds, thousands of years, people have been horrible to each other. They really have. Think of like slavery and stuff. You know, like back in... When was it? Probably a few hundred years ago, really. It's when we started to, to sort of travel around by ship, um, say, probably around the 17th century, that kind of time, when, we were tr- when the British Empire, you know, was, was growing. We were really bad. We did some really bad things around the world. The, the British Empire. I mean, you know, we were, we were very good at doing it. But we we did some horrible things to people. Can I just apologize, actually? If you're a listener to, for example, if you're in, um, I don't know, India or Africa or some some part of the world where the British kind of colonized and basically sort of destroyed your culture or maybe even like just took people from your country and turned them into slaves, can I just apologize for that? Because that was terrible. Obviously, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. It wasn't even like my dad's or my dad's dad or my dad's 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 fault. But somewhere down the line, people in this country did some pretty bad things to other people in in other countries just because we had more boats, you know. So sorry. Sorry about that. But just generally, if you look at the past, you'll see that people have done some pretty horrible things to each other. And maybe that's going to keep happening when, when technology allows people to take control over other people's lives, maybe we'll just get another version of slavery again. I hope not. I think it's really, really important that we have to be good to each other. In the end, At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We just have to be nice to each other. We have to try to understand each other and be compassionate and be nice. I, actually, I'm quite pleased that we've reached, that I've reached this part of the podcast where... The conclusion, I guess, to this rambling 
stream of consciousness is that please, 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 can we be nice to each other? Can we try to understand each other a little bit more? Let's avoid the conflict. Let's avoid the war and the fighting. Let's try to make the world a better place for each other. Can we please? Can we just try and understand each other? Don't try and don't blow each other up. Stupid. Be nice to each other. Fighting and blowing people up and trying to rule the world doesn't work. The only way it will work is if you understand that we all we're all in it together. We're all on this earth together. We all share the space. Let's just try and make it easy. Can we please? Good. It's I mean I have to say these things because all over the world all the time people are fighting and they're fighting for ridiculous reasons. I'm not going to mention any specific cases, but I think you know what I'm talking about. People fighting over their beliefs. You know, when people believe so strongly in, um, like, I don't know, like a specific God or something, they believe in it so strongly that they're willing to actually kill and kill people's children as as a result of how strongly they believe in their God. That's wrong. That's There's something deeply wrong about that. We know that all the real like religions and things, they all preach peace. So waging war in the name of religion is complete nonsense and ridiculousness. So uh, stop doing that, please. That would be nice. Yeah, okay. Wow, I've ended up talking about war and politics and killing children again. God, uh, it's not the first time I've ended up talking about that either. Now let's talk about something else. Maybe we could talk about ice cream. That would be a good idea, wouldn't it? Yeah, so ice cream, right? God, I love ice cream. Isn't it great? Ice cream is a good invention. I don't know who invented it. Was it the Italians? I think it might have been the Italians. I don't know if it was them, but they certainly do it well. And ice cream is a good thing. Let's 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 have more ice cream in the world. I know that it's kind of bad for your health, but come on. Come on. So what? You know, everything's bad for your health, isn't it? I mean, we're all going to die in the end. We might as well enjoy a little bit of ice cream before we go. You know what I mean? And and it has so many flavors. You get vanilla, of course. That's like the the default flavor for ice cream, isn't it? I wonder if that was the first flavor. Was that the first flavor for ice cream? I don't know. But it's certainly a good flavor. It's the most successful flavor, isn't it? Vanilla. It's like the standard. It's like, you know, in terms of, let's say, paper, white paper. It's like the white uh, paper of ice cream, isn't it? Vanilla. And then of course you've got like chocolate and coffee and, and strawberry and raspberry. And I mean, the list goes on. I mean, have you, if you've, I don't know if you've ever been to Rome in, in Italy, but you should go because it's beautiful. It's a fantastic place. Go to Rome and check out some of the ice cream they've got there. It's brilliant. Um, they've got like all kinds of stuff in, um, in some places you can get ice cream for, all sorts of crazy flavors like bubblegum flavored ice cream and stuff like that. So let's let's stop killing each other. Let's just buy each other ice cream and make this world a much better place. I'm happy that that's the conclusion of this episode of Luke's English Podcast. It's all about ice cream. So if you – I'm going to name this episode um, – I, I think I'm going to call it the ice cream episode – And if you've listened all the way to the end, then you'll understand why it's called the Ice Cream Episode. That's it from Luke's English Podcast. 45 minutes. Thank you. Bye, 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 bye. (laughs) 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar, and pronunciation teaching from me, and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.